All right, everybody, welcome to the Top 2 Sports Podcast, where we give you everything you need to win your fantasy championship. My name is Matt Hicks. I will be your host for the podcast. With me here, I have Eric Adams. Eric, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric Adams. I am a co-founder and staff writer for Top 2 Sports. Happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to some good sports discussion. All right, we're really excited to have you here for our first ever episode of the Top 2 Pod. Uh, we're going to dig into QB rankings today, so we're going to go through our top 24 quarterbacks um, entering the 2018 season. But before we do that, we're going to start off with our first segment here. It's called Two Off the Top. We're both going to give you a totally unscripted, one-minute uh, kind of rant that relates to the fantasy world um, or the sports world in general. So, Eric, go ahead and start us off. All right, so I just want to plug UFC 220 real quick. Uh, We're recording this on Friday at 6.35 p.m., so it's tomorrow. Not sure if the pod will be up by then, but even if it's not, uh, the big fight is Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic in a heavyweight championship bout. Listen, I'm not like a UFC expert, but this fight, if you enjoy grown men punching each other in the face, this is the fight you want to watch. I mean... Miocic has serious knockout power, and Ganu looks is built like the Hulk. Uh, these two are going to somebody's getting knocked out pretty much, and I think this is going to be the fight of the year for the UFC. And I uh, I wouldn't want to miss it if I were you. All right, who doesn't enjoy grown men punching each other? Um, right. For my for my two off the top here. Um, so I'm playing in the Scotty Fishbowl Challenge. So if you're familiar with that, um, it's a it's a really awesome playoff based tournament. Half the pot goes to charity. It's really cool. I'm happy just to be in it, uh, kind of giving back to charity a little bit. But um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm in 17th out of 500 after the first two weeks. Uh, but I but because of the Saints finish last week, I burned all of my good quarterbacks. So. I'm ranting a little bit with who we have to choose from from the playoffs this week. I have to choose between Bortles, Keenum, or Nick Foles. And that is just not a situation that I thought I'd find myself in going into the championship round of the NFL playoffs. So um, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to pick Keenum, so I hope that call ages well. Uh, But with that, we're going to keep the quarterback train going, and we're going to jump into our rankings. So a little bit about how we do our rankings here. Uh, we, w- we both went through separately without knowing what each other picked. Uh, we went and ranked our top 24 quarterbacks to represent that QB1, uh, QB2. And then we uh, averaged our two rankings. And then that final number is what we're going to use as our rankings here. So you're going to notice that me and Eric, uh, we agree on a few people, but we probably disagree on more. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Our number one quarterback that we see going into the 2018 season is going to be Russell Wilson, followed by Aaron Rodgers, number two, Cam Newton, number three, Tom Brady, number four, and rounding out our top five is Deshaun Watson. So Eric, I just threw a lot of names at you here. Who jumps out to you from that group? Well, the fact that we have Watson ahead of Wentz uh, is a little interesting because Wentz would have been the number one quarterback in fantasy had he not gotten injured. Um, I think that has to do with something with uh, Watson's legs. He can run more. Obviously, rushing fantasy quarterbacks always get more love. So I, I just think it's a little interesting because they have the same injury. It probably will end up affecting the runner more in Watson. So uh, that's a storyline to watch going into next season for sure. Absolutely. And of course, the difference between the two players this year is that uh, Watson only played seven games, 
Wentz got through 13 games. Um, so in the seven-game span, Watson went uh, 126 for 204 um, for just under 1,700 total yards with a 19-to-8 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Um, and he rushed for 269 yards on 36 attempts. Uh, Wentz we're going to talk a little bit more about later, but he threw for just about 3,300 yards and 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So a much better turnover uh, ratio, and he rushed for 299 yards. Um, and so I think the big concern there is they're working on different timelines. They saw their injuries happen about six weeks away from each other. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, the big thing that jumps out to me in this first group is um, – the difference that we had between our top-ranked quarterbacks. So I actually ranked as my top quarterback Cam Newton, and Eric ranked Tom Brady as his top quarterback. And I know you're probably hit or miss on Cam Newton, but I am hit on Cam Newton. I'm a big fan. I love his big playability. And more than anything, I think we need to drill home this point. I don't think it's made enough in the fantasy community. Rushing quarterbacks have way more potential than pocket passers. And now, I understand the Cam Newton dialogue that is against him. He doesn't always look like a great quarterback. He really does not. Watched a lot of games because I had a lot of Cam Newton shares this season. And it was kind of frustrating to watch. He only put up 3,300 yards in 16 games this year. Only 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. But he rushed the ball 139 times for 754 yards. If you take all of the running backs in the league... Only 22 of them had more rushing yards than Cam Newton this season, and he had six rushing touchdowns. And so, for me, it's worth it. It's worth seeing ugly quarterback play. And remember, uh, Cam Newton was just terrible in the first four games of the season coming back from injury when he tried to be a pocket passer. So I love Cam Newton's upside. I think he's going to slide in drafts this year. And I'm calling it now. He's going to be one of the best values. So, Eric, I'll let you talk a little bit and defend Tom Brady real quick. So, yeah, I, uh, in going to 2017, I thought Brady would be the top fantasy quarterback. Obviously, not a lot of love for that thought. But uh, honestly, if Edelman doesn't get hurt, I think he is the number one quarterback in fantasy. And uh, he probably probably would have finished number one. Yeah, I think he finished three on the year. Um, going into next year, they have Lewis and Burkhead as free agents. If they can get those two back... That means they have Gronk, Cooks, Edelman, Hogan, Amendola, Philip Dorsett, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Deion Lewis. I mean, that's just that's too much firepower. I understand he doesn't move, he doesn't run at all, but he's going. If they remain healthy, I know this is a big if because NFL injuries are a part of every season. If those weapons remain healthy, oh boy, that is that looks like a forty touchdown, possibly. 45 to 5,000 yard season of course somebody's going to get hurt but I mean it's just that's that's so many weapons and so explosive of an offense even with the departure of Josh McDaniels I think the Patriots are going to click on offense next year yeah absolutely and it's a great point Tom Brady has all the stats going in his favor but of course the the concern is is Tom Brady going to be the one to get hurt uh, but we won't get hung up on that we're going to move to our next five quarterbacks here Coming in at number six is Kirk Cousins. Coming in at eight is Andrew Luck. Nine um, is Carson Wentz, followed by Drew Brees. I'm sorry, Drew Brees is nine. Matthew Stafford is ten. So I'm just going to read those back real quick since I mixed that up. 
Cousins, Luck, Wentz, Breeze, and then Stafford rounding out the top ten. So, Eric, who jumps out to you from there? Uh, we got to talk about Kirk because I don't think many people know where he's going to go. I know me and you share a brain. We think possibly Arizona or Denver. Oh, like man. Spots for him. I would love to see him in Denver. Yeah, I think Denver would make sense. Although, I really I really want Baker Mayfield in Denver, but that's for another discussion. Uh <laughs> He he would do really well in both areas. I think uh, with Fitzgerald and David Johnson, I mean that's a good start right there. Plus John Brown, um, and then in Denver you got Demarius uh, Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Those are two receivers he, that are. I mean, he hasn't had any good receivers in Washington at all. Besides, I think Sean Jackson was the best one. I don't want to disrespect Jamison Crowder, but uh, I just think Kirk would benefit from going to one of those two teams. Although, we have to mention, Washington would be very dumb if they let him walk out the door. They should not let him walk. Yeah, it would be absolutely ridiculous if Washington did not sign him to a long-term deal. Although, I'll argue it would be even more ridiculous if they paid, I think it would be about $30 million to put a, the franchise tag on him for the third year. So I think they need to do the right thing, either sign him to the long-term deal or let that man play somewhere where he can win. I mean, Kirk Cousins finished as the fifth, um, as the sixth best uh, fantasy quarterback this year, the fifth best last year, the ninth best in 2015, and that was with nothing. Imagine if that man was playing with some weapons. I mean, he jumps into the top five if he joins Denver easily for me. I agree. Um, the one who jumps out for me is uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, we have no idea what is going on in the world of Andrew Luck right now. So he's coming off of his 2016 season. He was the fourth best fantasy quarterback. Um, but, of course, he never played in 2017. And it wasn't that he was supposed to miss the entire season. Um, it started off that he could play week one. Then it, he was on the six-week uh, six IR. He was going to come back week six. And then it was all of a sudden he's on he's out for the season. And so he had fantastic stats in 2016. I mean, 4,200 passing yards. Uh, 31 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and he moved outside of the pocket, 341 rushing yards. But And so he remains here just outside of the top five because we have no idea what he's going to look like if he sees the field again this season. And I think he will. I don't agree with the dialogue that he's not going to come back. But, I mean, he's been out of football for a year now. Um, and then real quickly before we move on, I want to point out to everybody here that Drew Brees is 39 years old. So he's not that much younger than Tom Brady. And so I think we need to start having the discussion about the Drew Brees age dialogue just as much as we are the Tom Brady dialogue. Um, and so Brees, who is normally a top, easily a top five quarterback pick, drops in both of our rankings. I had him eight. Eric, you had him nine. Uh, because he's getting older, and the Saints are moving towards a rush-based offense, and can you blame him with, or can you blame them with those running backs in the backfield? So moving on here, we have Matthew, or we have Jimmy Garoppolo at 11. Uh, I know Eric, you're a big fan of him. Yes, followed by Matt Ryan at 12, Philip Rivers at 13, Dak Prescott at 14, and Ben Roethlisberger at 15. So Eric, who's your favorite out of that group? Oh well, certainly not the expatriate. Uh, it's Jimmy G. Listen, 49ers got $110 million in cap space. They actually have over that. They have somewhere around $117 million. Um, taking into account that they're going to have to give Jimmy G an extension, I don't know if they'll do it this year. They might do it 
they might franchise him this year just to see if he is actually 80 to 90 million in uh, cap space. They should go out, get a Jarvis Landry or a Sammy Watkins or an Allen Robinson because basically Jimmy G was spectacular with nothing at uh, the wide receiver and running back positions. Well, not running back. Carlos Hyde's very good, but uh, he's also a free agent. So they just need to build around Jimmy G, and if they get the right weapons in place, I think he has the potential to be a top-five quarterback. All right, Eric, you get to put two weapons on that San Francisco offense with Jimmy G. Uh, Out of the free agent pool, uh, who are you picking? I want Jarvis Landry to go there. I think he's a match made in heaven for that offense. I think Kyle Shanahan can move him around a lot. And, you know, I've never been the biggest fan of him, but I want them to re-sign Carlos Hyde because when Jim G went there, he looked legit. He looked legit before Jimmy G got there. I never wanted him to give him the props that he deserved. With Jimmy G involved, people have to respect the passing attack. I think Carlos Hyde can take it to another level. I think those two would go a long way in making that offense click. Plus, he's still got Pierre Garçon. So. Yeah, and I think Pierre Garçon is a very underrated player. Of course, he went down with injury yeah. early on, but such a perfect possession receiver. Um, and you're absolutely right with Carlos Hyde as well. I mean, this isn't our running back rankings episode yet, but I want to point out that Carlos Hyde has that, like, he has that reputation as that, like, gross, boring fantasy player. He's basically like a better Frank Gore. Um, and I think we need to start respecting him a little bit more, especially if that offense really starts getting built up where they're not stacking the box against uh, Hyde, which happened a lot this year. All right, so the guy who jumps out to me is Ben Roethlisberger. He's, so he's hanging in at 15. And, Eric, we disagreed with him a decent amount. I had him at 18. Eric, you had him at 14. And the reason that I had him at 18 is I don't know if this guy's playing in the league next year. Um, and so, you know, he's in that Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers draft class, but he just seems so much older than the other two. It's so much more beat up. I mean, we know he plays a more physical style. And, of course, you know, you have the sound clip against the Jaguars earlier in the season where he openly contemplated retirement. Now, a lot of people think that might have been sarcastic. It didn't sound that sarcastic to me. And um, Big Ben is coming off a tough loss here. What do the Steelers look like without Ben Roethlisberger? Is it, is it the Josh Dobbs show? It sure isn't the Landry uh, Jones show. And I don't think that they're one to go after a quarterback in the first round. So I'd say Ben Roethlisberger sticks out to me because this early in the season, I'm not willing to bet that he's actually serious when he says he's coming back from retirement. So if you're in a dynasty league right now and you could sell him for anything, I'd sell him. He had a fantastic year, but it mostly came on a second-half performance. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he just did not look good. But I will say he did finish the season with 4,200 passing yards, uh, about 28 interceptions to 14, 28 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Uh, but this is an interesting stat, so he's not the rusher anymore. Only 47 rushing yards on the season. So he's certainly not the Big Ben of old. Uh, moving on here to our next group, and so this is when we really started to disagree on picks. So I think this is this is probably the more interesting part of the episode, if you ask me. So at, coming in at number 16 is uh, Jared Goff. At 17 is Alex Smith. Right behind Alex Smith is Tyrod Taylor. At 19 is uh, Blake Bortles, the, the current hero. And followed by that, rounding out the top 20 is Derek Carr. So a really interesting group of players that 
I think they're the thing they have in common here is that we just really don't know what's going on with any of these players. So, Eric, um, who jumps out to you here? Uh, I'll get to the guy who jumps out to me in a minute, but real quick, do you think Gruden in Oakland helps or hurts Derek Carr? I just don't get it. I don't get, I, don't get, I, either. I don't get the Gruden hire. He's bringing in all of these you know, non-relevant coaches, these guys that were big a couple of years ago. Um, and it's just, it's going to be the John Gruden show. And so yeah. I think that he's going to come in and do things the way he wants. And I think if Carr and him don't mesh, he's not going to be afraid to throw him out the door. So I think, I think it's either going to go one way or the other. He's going to motivate him. He's going to turn into that top kind of QB one that we've all been waiting for, or Carr could be out the door by the end of the season. Really? You think Carr's going to be out the door? Yeah. Oh, well, Gruden's not out the door. They just signed that man to a 10-year contract. You, might, uh, you could be right. Listen, if, if, it go, if it's going to go bad, it's going to go bad quickly. Mm-hmm. That's all. Say on that open situation. Raider but, style. It's going to go bad Raider style. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, the guy who steps, steps or stands out to me is Jared Goff, just because he took such a huge leap in year two. Um, I understand Watkins is a free agent and he didn't really click in the offense this year. I'd be willing to give him another chance just because there's not many wide receivers as talented as Sammy Watkins. And usually the second year in an offensive system, uh, things get run smoother. He gets a little more familiar. Plus not to mention it should help Goff that he's in Sean McVay's offensive system for the second year. So I like Goff. I think he has the chance to rise. Uh, where did, where did he finish this year? Uh, Goff finished as QB12, so he did finish as a QB1 this year. See, he he does have a chance to take a step forward, although there's that guy Gurley in the backfield. He's always going to be the main focal point of that offense. But Gurley, Gurley catches passes, so it very well could be a good year, another good year for Jared Goff. I, I have faith in Jared Goff. Yeah, and so actually I ranked Jared Goff 19th. Eric ranked him 13th. And I got to be honest, I mean, we we did him a little bit of disrespect here based on his QB12 finish. So he threw for just over 3,800 yards on the season, uh, threw for 28 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. So I think what made me nervous about Goff is that he is a product of his offense. If that offense is flowing smooth, Jared Goff is going to be flowing smooth. And I was huge on Jared Goff at the beginning of the season. I didn't think he got a fair shake with Jeff Fisher. And so... I think it's kind of weird that I'm the one here ranking him low because I've been hype on him all season. I just think it, he might be one of those guys where if we get too hype on him, he's going to disappoint us. So let's call him for what he is. He's a great player, but I don't think he has that star potential. Um, so the guy I'm going to talk about is somebody who I think is vastly underrated uh, based on the offense that he's been put in, and that's Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor finished the season as QB 16. Uh, which he did with blatant from, you know, taking into account blatant disrespect from his coach. I mean, this man got benched in the middle of the season, as we all remember, and he was never utilized in a horrible offense. I mean, he only managed to throw for 2,800 yards this season, but he did still get 427 rushing yards, 18 total touchdowns, and just four interceptions. So he only threw four interceptions on the season, which is the lowest of any of the QBs that we're talking about today. And so 
Tyrod Taylor, we know that he's going to hit the way the cap situation looks in Buffalo. They're probably going to cut him, and I think that's the best thing that can happen to Tyrod Taylor's career. This man is dynamic. He can get it done through the air, and he can get it done on the ground. I mean, name a Bills wide receiver. Like, I know we got Zay Jones, who never lived up to his hype. Um, You know, they shipped out Sammy Watkins at the beginning of the season. I mean, Charles Clay, a a subpar tight end, was his best weapon on that offense. And so, I think... You had Kelvin Benjamin. Well, you kind of had Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Kelvin Benjamin was on the field, but that was for about a quarter every game before he got injured. So, yeah. um, I think that Tyrod Taylor is going to really benefit from a change of environment here. And so, I think he's going to be a QB1 probably in that 10 to 12 range, but I can see him going undrafted in a lot of leagues or drafted very late in a lot of leagues. So, if you're going to be looking at a QB0 policy or a cheap off-season buy here if you're in a dynasty format i'd say go after tyrod taylor so moving on here we're going to get to our final group of players round out our top 24 it's going to be uh, marcus Mariota at 21 eli manning at 22 Jameis winston at 23 and rounding out our top 24 is andy dalton what a not exciting way to finish with andy dalton but eric who jumps out to you I have to do it. Jameis Winston, you, you let me down, man. I love hearing this, by the way. This feels good. I, I, I came to the plant for him, and I went, I went to bat right before the season, and he just, you know, he ate a W for me. He ate a W, whatever that means. Uh, bad. All bad. All bad in Tampa Bay. The whole team was a disappointment. Mike Evans was a disappointment. Jameis Winston was a disappointment. Doug Martin was non-existent. Uh, just, I, you know, he... Hadn't failed to throw for 4,000 yards up until this season. I thought Mike Evans had an incredible year last year. I thought he would be able to duplicate it. Just everything just seemed to go wrong. And now, now I'm off the train. Now I'm, I will not defend Jameis Winston. I don't think there was there – was, the only game I've watched Jameis was the Patriots game he played against us. I understand the Patriots' defense can be very confusing at times, but it, it literally looked like James didn't belong on the field. He he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback. So that was a damning uh, performance for me, and I just I can't I can't support him anymore. I can't support James. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he was playing in an offense with so many weapons, and he only managed to put up. Uh, 3,504 passing yards and 19 touchdowns on the season. Um, And exactly what you said about his decision-making ability on the field, 11 interceptions. So I'm going to talk about his uh, draft class partner here, Marcus Mariota. And I feel like, I feel like you just have to talk about Mariota when you talk about Winston. Like it's these, these two just go together. They're like two subpar peas in a, in a pod. Um, And so (laughs) Marcus Mariota is coming off of just a not a good year, although I think that he's getting a high right now because he had a good postseason run. But let's take out the postseason and let's look at his stat line for the season. 281 completions on 453 attempts. That's about 62%. 3,232 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 
but he did have 312 rushing yards on 60 attempts. You know that's a big bump for me as that rushing quarterback guy. And he finished as the QB 18 on the season. So outside of that QB 1 range. But of course, we know Marcus Mariota is going to have a brand new coaching staff coming in there with him. This guy has the raw skills. He has the ability to be that big-time playmaker. So where I was kind of talking about Jared Goff, he doesn't have that huge playmaking ability in my eyes um, to be that top five fantasy quarterback. Marcus Mariota has the potential to be a top five fantasy quarterback. Now, am I going to go on the record saying he's going to be one? No, but with the right coaching staff, he could really turn this thing around and be a QB one next season. So he's he's one guy that I'm willing to buy low on in dynasty leagues. He's one guy I'm willing to take a late round flyer on. So I really like Marcus Mariota. The last thing I will say about these QB rankings is just outside of our top one and two is Mitch Trubinsky. And I think that he's a player that you have to watch for. Look at his progression in the offseason. Look at the way that he develops. Most importantly, look at who Chicago decides to invest uh, in for offensive weapons around him. So I think that right now he deserves to be outside of QB1, QB2, but as the offseason progresses, I think we could see Trubisky bump up into there. So Eric, rise fast. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, any final last thoughts here on our overall quarterback rankings? Nothing is uh, permanent now. It's very early. We still have the whole offseason to go, free agency in the draft. It's going to be interesting to see who rises, who drops. I'm sure this will be the first of at least maybe two or three quarterback ranking podcasts from us. So look forward to doing more in the future, seeing what happens. Absolutely. And so we will be running through every position here, uh, every offensive position. We're going to be doing rankings episode for each and every one of them. Breaking down your QB1, QB2s, uh, tight end 1 and 2s, and then we'll do running back and wide receiver 1, 2, and 3s because we know those positions are a little deeper here. So if you enjoyed this content, please go ahead and check us out at top2sports.com. So we cover everything from fantasy football uh, to fantasy baseball, all the way across the sports world, um, and we do a lot of uh, daily fantasy sports DFS content as well. Um, and so we will be putting out fantasy football content all off season long. So go ahead and check us out again at top2sports.com. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at top2sports. So again, on Twitter, we're at top2sports. And our individual uh, Twitter handles here is you can find me at top2matt on Twitter. And you can find Eric at top2eric. So as you can see, we're not very creative with our Twitter handles, but we pump out great content every day. Um, and so if you really want to see all the articles we're posting, um, and all of kind of just the, the quick fire, uh, tweets that we put out, uh, go ahead and give us a follow. We'd appreciate that. Um, and with that, I want to thank you for listening to our first ever top two sports podcast. We hope that you are going to subscribe to us, listen in consistently here. We're going to be sticking with you all off season long, getting you ready for a exciting 2018 season. So, Eric, uh, thanks for being here. No problemo. All right. Thanks, everybody.